Not anymore. Yes, I was a broken woman. Yes, I didn't love me. Yes, I decided to settle for what wasn't best for me. Yes, I was in a toxic relationship. Guess what? Not anymore. I have grown from the broken pieces. I have learned to love me when no one else loved me. I have learned that I will never settle for in my life or my peaceful atmosphere. I have learned the difference between love, lust of a good relationship. Yes, I wasn't perfect, but I learned to work on my mind, my body, and my soul connections. Yes, I have allowed the wrong spiritual around me. Now, I've learned about the not allowing the negative energy around me. Yes, I've been down the road of destruction. Now I've learned how to not move by emotion, but by the spirit of my faith and purpose. Not anymore, my fears will not keep me from being a better version of me. Not anymore, my toxicness will stop me from loving myself or trusting others in my peaceful place. Not anymore, my lack of post-trauma is going to stop me from my future growth. Yes, not anymore. I know I'm powerful. I know I'm overcoming. I know I'm a positive, I know I'm loved, and yes, not anymore, I'm dope, dedicated to other people, empowerment, I love my dopeness and so should you. Use it to know your worth. 
Oh, hello. Thank you for tuning in to the Power in Your Voice. And as always, we're here to empower, inspire, and to motivate. How are we doing, ladies? Wonderful, wonderful. Well, Thank you for <laughs> No problem, no problem. So first, I would like each of you to introduce yourself to everyone and tell them who you are and what you do. We can go with Miss Murphy first. Okay. And Natalie is fine. Uh, my name is Natalie Murphy, and I am here as the Distinguished Authors Guild Award nominee, and I am a romance writer. I consider myself, I have self-proclaimed myself a um, romance junkie. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I don't want to pronounce your name wrong. So pronounce it. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to even mess it up. <laughs> Good evening. My name is Wafia Muhammad, also known as Pamela Jones. I am in nominee for the DAG Awards, and I come under the genre of a memoir in reference to my son, Stephen Jones. Awesome, awesome. So could you tell me what made you decide to become an author? Um, at the age of 17, my son, Stephen Jones, was innocently shot and paralyzed by someone that he didn't know. And so the process with becoming a writer came from just documenting everything that had happened step by step. And with his permission, he gave me the permission to do the book. And I thought that at the time that I put the book out, it was just time for some healing to come into play. This has been 16 years. So it took 16 years to write the book, which was also therapeutic for me. Absolutely. Wow. Ms. Natalie? Mine was more of obedience. <laughs> um, I really had no intention on writing a book. And I woke up one morning and this idea came through my head and I was thinking, oh, that's a good storyline. And I heard God's voice clearly say, write the story. And I said, no. <laughs> and as we do, I gave him every excuse that I could come up with why I was not going to write this story. But he wouldn't let me let it go. For about three weeks, he kept giving me more and more and more of the story. And I finally said, okay, Lord, if this is you, I'm going to go down to this computer and I'm going to start typing. But you know I don't type. So you're going to have to be right there with me. So from I went down, I sat in front of my computer, and I started typing. And from there on, I told him, as long as you download, I'll keep writing. So I am now finishing up book number seven. <laughs> Absolutely. Congratulations. Congratulations. Welcome, 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 Thank Mr. You. Greg. How we doing? We're doing wonderful. Thank you All for right. having me. No problem. Now, I just went around and had them introduce themselves. So can you introduce who you are and what you do? Okay. My name is Greg Thomas. I am a 28-year veteran uh, with the Plano Independent School District. Uh, I work with the PARB department, which means we try to go recapture students that are in jeopardy uh, of not graduating. Mm -hmm. And so it's been a pleasure and, and a great opportunity to stay in touch with young folks absolutely awesome awesome the other question i asked them as well was what made them become an author well my story is is my memoir 
of my four years uh, as a quarterback at the University of Arkansas uh, from 1984 to 1988 uh, and becoming the first African-American to start and the most victorious quarterback in school history. Wow. Impressive. Thank you. I love all of y'all stories and everything that y'all brought to the table. So I'm going to start first with Pam. Um, can you tell me what made you, what do you feel was the hardest thing as far as writing your story? Reliving it over and over again was the hardest part for me because I cried every time I read it. Every time I sat down at the computer, I said, this may law means in the name of a law to help me to generate what I needed to say and how to get it out. Like I said, it took a long time because it was all it was therapeutic. And instead of me keeping all of that toxic stuff inside of me, I said, what better way to express myself than to put it in a book? Because there's so many times people don't understand what comes with being paralyzed, no matter what the situation is. So I wanted to be as honest and truthful in my telling of this story in hopes to help someone else. Absolutely. Miss Natalie. Um, wow. I'm, <laughs> I'm blown away by Pam's story. Um, could you repeat the question again? <laughs> <laughs> I said, what was the hardest part of writing your story? Uh, the hardest part, um, Wow. Because I didn't know anyone that has done anything like this because I'm self-published. It was all kind of hard, but it was fascinating at the same time because I was learning something new. So every step of becoming a published, self-published author, I had to do by myself. I had to do the research. I had to try to decide if this avenue would work better or would that avenue work better. So um, thankfully, I am a researcher. I love learning and um, look, uh, researching different things. So that's it, it was all a hard process. But I think the hardest thing um, is when uh, you get to the point of formatting the book to get it ready for publication. That is the bane of my existence. <laughs> Don't feel bad. That's, that's my vein too, girl. I understand. <laughs> So I understand what you're saying at that part. All right. <laughs> that is definitely a learning in and out, still learning. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mr. Gray? Uh, the same situation. I self-published my book also. Uh, it was a learning process, and still I'm learning uh, as we continue this process. Uh, the story took about 14, 15 months uh, to put in to put on paper and to get mm -hmm. printed and, and, and get accepted, but it was 40 years in the making. It was 40 Absolutely. years in the making. Uh, and, and, and like other people, I picked it up, put it down, pick it up, put it down. You have life journeys going on, raising children, et cetera. And you kind of put some of your, uh, your own goals and thought process on the back burner. Mm -hmm. uh, but during the pandemic, had the situation, like, like I said, working with the school, we didn't have the kids during those, those two years in 20 and 21. They were there half the day. So the other half of the day, I sat down and wrote, put put the thought down. 
uh, found different ways to to express it. Uh, looked at different ways to keep the page turning, and then just added that, and then finally uh, came out with a a three time recognized book in in the first nine months. So that's congratulations. Pretty good. Thank you. That's wonderful. That is yes. wonderful. Now, to future entrepreneurs, or shall I say future authors, what advice would you give them? Because sometimes they might feel that they don't have the support, so they might give up. So what advice would you give them to keep going or to even step into the author world? Because it's not easy. And I'll start with Greg. Like I said, it took me 40 years. (laughs) Stick with it. Stick with it. Uh, Ask people to uh, give you criticism. I was on several trips. I went to visit uh, one of my teammates that went into the NFL Hall of Fame. On the flight, I just sat down by the passenger and asked him to read it and give me uh, some honest feedback. Uh, sitting down at the bus station, waiting on you know my Uber, uh, asked that gentleman to sit down, read it, you know, in that time frame. And here's my email address. Give me some feedback on it. Talk to my coworkers and ask them. Uh, what they thought about it and, and take that. It's not criticism. It's just assistance. You know, you're trying to reach as many people as you can or a different audience. You have to get feedback. So don't be afraid of the feedback uh, because that was a fear factor. Will people accept it? Will people uh, respect it? Uh, and then keep working. Just keep working on it until you finish, you get your finished product and, and then put it out there. Absolutely, Miss Natalie. I totally agree with Greg. Don't quit. It does get hard. The people that you think are going to be in your corner 100%, they are going, some of them are going to bail on you. Um, but you got to keep going. If it's a story that you believe in, there is somebody out there who needs to hear that story. So you got to keep pushing. And sometimes it gets hard. So you may need to put it down and walk away. Greg, you're not the only one. I've heard a lot of people say that their stories have been 10, 20 years in the making. And I just feel that every story has its time. So it doesn't have to be right now. Um, because of the information that I've, I've garnered during my research, I've started doing a workshop to t- teach people how to do, how to become self-published authors. And that's one of the things that I consistently tell them. Don't give up. If you need to take a seat and put it down for a minute, that's fine. But don't give up. You continue to push through. It's it is a process. It's not going to happen right away. Allow for mistakes, but just don't give up. Absolutely, Miss Muhammad. <laughs> I would say pray on it first. Secondly, write everything down. I let my son read the first two pages and he loved it. And that was the only person that I let read it. Find a good publishing company, search publishing companies. If you you go on that route, I found a very good publishing company, Pink Butterfly Publishing, and they saw the vision. They understood what I was trying to put out. And because it's a true story, you just have to stick to the points. I, I So many times I'm counting the words and making sure this is that it, it, because I lost so many notes that I had. 
So I had to start all over again. But it's just like I said, it's a true story. So I never forgot what happened from day one to the middle of it to the end of it. But just be persistent. Keep it up. Don't stop. And once again, pray on it. Yeah, definitely. Listen, a whole lot of pray on it. <laughs> a whole lot of pray on it. <laughs> Absolutely. But I agree with everything everyone is saying because, you know, being an author, it definitely takes a toll on you, especially when you're first coming out the gate. So, like you said, writing is therapeutic. So, what do you feel that you learned about yourself during this process of writing your book? And I'm going to say, I'll start with Natalie. One of the things um, that I've learned about myself, and Gina Gadsden teases me periodically about it, is I've learned to come out of my shell. I, I tell people that I'm a pip. I leave being Gladys Knight to everybody else. So I'm good being in the background, but I've learned that in this process, I have to step forward. and I Because I'm the best marketer for my book. I, nobody can sell my book like I can. And so in order to do that, I had to step out into the light. And that was that was a process for me. And it, it's it's still a struggle a little bit, but I've, I've uh, come a long way <laughs> since my first novel. Absolutely. Greg? Well, I, I think for myself, I'm trying to figure it out. I haven't quite figured this out. Um, the, the selling aspect we had, so I had supporters, um, teammates, family, friends, etc. but trying to get it past them and get it into the mainstream. I've learned that it's a different hustle. <laughs> so there's nothing wrong with that, but, right. uh, you know, working with a school district, you pretty much have everything laid out for you. I'm learning now that I have to be my own entrepreneur. And I have a couple uh, teammates that tell me all the time, you know, sell yourself, sell yourself, sell yourself. And that's difficult when you've always had someone else sell you. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's working. It's getting better. Trying to figure out the different algorithms of, of Amazon. <laughs> you know, it's different. And, when you figure it out, let me know. Listen, I was about to say the same thing. Yeah. So learning that. But having support and then going through like different podcasts, being on different radio shows, uh, speaking at, at different functions has helped. And trying to get in front of all the audiences, not just athletic audience or uh, audiences where you have people you know or friends. I'm trying to be across the board, share that story. And, and let my story be heard because people still don't want to believe that. And it was only 40 years ago <laughs> and, and 40 years. And now we've only been voting with since 65. So we have to understand there's some real history here that, that we need to keep our young people reading and to tell your story and tell our story and, and make sure that it's not only uh, heard, but it's validated. Absolutely. Next comment. When I got out of my book, Five Shots, My Story, His Pain, was patience, humbleness, forgiveness, um, just not to be so hateful. 
I could hate the person who did this to my son. But when I had a chance to talk to him, I forgave him. Not for him, but for myself. So I wouldn't carry all that baggage around with me. So I'm out here selling my books like I'm selling CDs out of the back of a car. I'm a hustler. I'm a hustler, baby. <laughs> and I'm from Atlantic City, and I'm not going to even lie. I think majority of my city brought my book out. Nice. Because a lot of people people wanted to know, because we're such a close-knit family, a lot of people mm -hmm. didn't know the ins and the outs and the details because the book is a little graphic. Because I, once again, I didn't hide anything. I showed what was going on and what was happening in his life. And my city, Atlantic City, supported me. I have sold my book from Atlantic City to Canada. So I'm so blessed and humble, and it's only been a year. And with people like DAG and these podcasts, it really helps a lot. So I thank you all very much. Absolutely. So tell me, how did it feel to know that y'all are nominees of the DAG Awards? And I'll start with Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> so honestly, this is my third nomination. I've won two DAG Awards previously, and it never gets old. It, it doesn't because, to use the word that Greg used, it validates you because as a writer, you go through a lot of self-doubt. And it's like, are people really going to like this? Are they really going to get what I'm saying in this in these pages? So it, whenever my name shows up and nominee shows up behind it, it it's it's it's. There are no words. <laughs> Miss Muhammad. I received the email on a Friday. And so I didn't see my name or see the book. And I was like, nah, this ain't for me. And, and it was so crazy because that Tuesday, my children's dad had passed away. Mm -hmm. So when I got the news that Friday, I really couldn't enjoy it because I was going through so many emotions with him passing. And once again, that comes with just being humble. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to be like arrogant or boastful. Or... So I just kind of sat back and took it in and called my children and my aunt. And, you know, I shared the news with them. And then it was afterwards when I had the chance to just sit down and relax. And I saw my picture of the book. I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. You know, so I was, I was very grateful, very grateful, very humbled by it. That is awesome, Gregory. For sure, um, excited to see uh, Ms. Gasson had, had reached out to me because I had not heard about the the the, the dad before. Mm. So to get recognized. Uh, you know, we jumped around the house a little bit. We smiled. And, and like I said, it's the third recognition we've received this calendar year. Um, and it just speaks volumes when you think someone enjoys your work and when you get recognized for anything. Uh, but when you put it in print and people purchase it and then people say we like it, Man, that, that's that's a great feeling. It, it's not like scoring a touchdown or 
uh, dunking a basketball, but I'm telling you, it's way, way up there. And you know that you're being recognized for, for some work that you put in. It's a great film. Absolutely, absolutely. And I want to say congratulations to all of y'all as well. Thank you. Thank you. Being nominee. I also want to know, what's next? You know, we have, well, I know, Natalie, you said you have five books, right? Seven. Seven. See, sorry, my bad. And <laughs> Greg, this is what, number what for you? Number one and number, number two one. is already, I'm, I'm ready to start number two. Okay. Um, we start basketball season in about 30 days. I'm going to put it off until about mid-April. Uh, I wanted to start in June, but I'm going to go April 2024 20, uh, uh, and start the second book. And it will be about 26 men, uh, three coaches, 75 years ago in history making. Um, and just tell their story, what they did in the United States in their little town of San Angelo, Texas, where I am from, uh, and their contribution to the United States. Awesome. Natalie, what's next? Um, I'm actually floating ideas around for my eighth book, <laughs> um, it, because the the one that's going to be released next month is the second book in a series, and I believe it's going to be a three, maybe four part series. And um, the other thing that I'm doing, like I said, is I am starting to, I've started a workshop for uh, people who are looking to uh, self-publish. And I've, I've posted two of them already and they've been very successful. I've already had one of uh, the ladies who went through my workshop. She's self-published her book. So she's out there now, like you say, Pam, doing her hustle. So, um, so that's what I'm looking forward to now. Miss Muhammad, what's next? I don't know. I've been asked about a part two. Part one just was just a lot for me. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on a scale right now. I don't know if I'm going to do a continuation. I mean, I have the material to do it. So it's whatever God, whatever direction he takes me in, that's where I'm going. Absolutely. Now, do all y'all have your books next to y'all? Yes. I yes. have mine in the background. You can see it right there. <laughs> The question is, I would like to hear a passage or a page out of each of y'all books. And I'm going to start with Miss Muhammad. Okay. I'm going to start on, I'm going to do page one. Okay. So there was a hot, steamy summer night in July without a breeze blowing through the windows. There wasn't a sound heard except for the air conditioning. My daughter, Danae, and I were home alone that night. My sons had stayed at a friend's house back Merlin, a section of our town in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Around 4 a.m., I was startled awake by what sounded like my son, Stefan, calling out for me. I looked out of the bedroom window, partially blocked by the air conditioner, and yelled his name, but there was no answer. I went into the living room and called out of that window, but again, no response. I walked a few feet into the front door, opened it, and yelled again, but no answer. I noticed the giant bright moon hanging in the sky. It looked like it was shining only on my house. Since he never answered, I decided that I might have dreamt it. So I returned to my room, got back in bed, and went to sleep. 
I was awakened again by a phone call only to miss it because my phone was on the charger on the dresser. I got out of the bed again to see who was calling me at 5 a.m. It was Mo, a good friend of mine from the hood who was like a little sister to me. I wondered why she was calling me at that time of the morning. I tried to focus so I could call her back, but when I returned the call, it went to voicemail. We played phone tag for about five minutes before finally we connected. Why, Mo said. Why is sure for Wafia, my Muslim name? Why, you need to come back, Mo, and she said. Your son was just shot. It felt like everything in me had stopped. Where is Jamal and who shot him, I asked. No, why, it was Stefan. Who would shoot Stefan, I wondered. Jamal was the one with the short temper. Stefan was the lover who would, who would do that to him. Who was, he was the child who played in the house under me, sucking his thumb, talking slick and smiling at people. One of my long-term friends called him smiling. Stefan, he was never in any trouble in the streets. Everybody loved him. I'd never known him to have any problems with anyone. Mm. Nice. Look, nice. 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 Yeah, I need to get that book. I gotta get that book. Yeah. That is on the list to get that book. Listen, just inbox me that link so I can go get that as soon as I get off of here. Actually, okay. I need that book. Nice. Okay. Thank I definitely you. need that book. Um, Gregory. Oh man, I just mm -hmm. knew I was gonna get to go last. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Put you on the hot seat. Put me on the hot hot seat. Now I did a little bit. I changed it a little bit, um, and I included my father because it was somewhat historic at that time. So here we go. Greg Thomas raised his hand and fell to his knees as the final ticks ran off the clock in Austin Memorial Stadium. Players hoisted head coach Ken Hatfield on their shoulders. Arkansas's band played the fight song. Give a cheer, rah, rah. Never fear, rah, rah. Arkansas will never yield. After kneeling and giving thanks, Thomas turned to the crowd looking for his family. When he was pulled to the side for a timely interview with the sideline reporter, the reality finally, finally dawned on him. While answering the field reporter's questions, knowing that I directed my team to a victory on a field that my father wasn't allowed to even walk or play on mm. due to segregation. The moment overwhelmed me, Thomas said. He finished the interview and celebrated with his teammates. It was a celebration that was fitting for the Razorbacks who had not defeated their dreadful rival, the Longhorns in Austin, Texas, since 1966. Mm. Wow. I need That's to make sure, make sure you send me the inbox to your link too, because I need to get that. Yes. Miss Natalie. All righty. So again, mine is fiction. I'm a romance writer. So, Chris strolled around the ship, taking in all of its beauty, understanding how such a large vessel could be so whelming. This job was an opportunity to spread her wings and experience life differently than she was used to. Living a surreal life of glitz, glamour, waking up in a new location every day, each day different from the day before, and capturing some of the most amazing images along the way. 
She stood at the railing of the fourth deck, looking out at the ocean as she fidgeted with her thumb ring. She was awestruck when she saw the sun's mirrored reflections on the blueness of the ocean and the tiny little lights reflections dancing on the tips of the waves. The ocean blue stretched out as far as her eyes could see. She imagined a ship full of vacationers of all ages, race, races, and nationalities enjoying the same view once they were aboard. Without realizing it, Chris was smiling at her thoughts. That's a mighty pretty smile you have there, love, came the accented voice that startled her from her thoughts. Chris jumped and covered her heart, turning around to see a beautiful smile on a beautiful man who she hadn't seen coming her way. My apologies, love. I did not mean to frighten you. It's okay. I guess I got lost in my thoughts. Yes, you were. My name is Bradley, Bradley Mathow. I'm one of the ship's bartenders. Hi, Bradley. I'm Crystal Campbell, one of the ship's photographers. She extended her hand. What a lovely name for such a lovely lady. Bradley took her hand and brought it to his soft lips, placing a gentle kiss on the back of it. Chris blushed. Where are you from, Crystal? Chris had never heard her name sound so musical. Chicago, how about you? She fought hard to keep her composure as she as he released her, wouldn't release her hand. The beautiful island of Nassau, Bahamas. Have you ever been? No, I haven't. She was finally able to wiggle her hand free. What? I think I'm offended. He slapped his hand over his heart. Chris laughed and Bradley smiled. Well, Crystal, you can call me Chris, she interrupted. Chris is common, he said, shaking his head, rejecting the shortened version of her name. A crystal is a precious and beautiful gem, and like your smile, it shines brightly. Chris blushed hard. So, Crystal, he said, if you'd allow me, when we get to that, get to the port on my island, I'd love to take you on a tour. I need to go to the Bahamas. Okay. <laughs> yes. With the red and the blue. Right. <laughs> but I love all y'all books. Y'all are, it's very intriguing and I can't wait to get my hands on it to like literally just when I'm in my spare time not writing, be able to get into y'all books. <laughs> but um, one question for everybody. If you had to change your genre, what genre would it be? And I'm going to start with Miss Muhammad. I don't think I would change it. No? No. Because the, 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 the memoir means so much to me. And when I'm gone, it's passed on to my children because they have the book. They read it. They haven't read it. Not one of my children. I have three. They haven't read it. Now, my grandkids, on the other hand, they read the book. They cried. They asked questions oh, okay. because they never saw their uncle walk before. So just knowing that he walked at one time, the only thing they know is him in a wheelchair. So I, I would keep everything where it's all true. So you would you ever do a different genre at all? You're just going to stay with the... I don't think I would. No? Okay. Gray? I might try uh, fiction and, and see if I can get it to jump off the <laughs> I don't know. You know, it, it's, it's interesting when I listen and, and I read. I read. I'm an avid reader, mm -hmm. and I read all kinds of books. Um, but I don't know if I would take that that leap of faith to to write a different in a different genre. But I, I love reading, so 
if there's a challenge, it will probably be in, in fiction. Okay. Natalie? I would write children's books. Okay. I worked in childcare for tw uh, 22 years. I love kids. And I, it's actually something that I've not really thought a lot about, but it is rolling around in my brain up there. You should. It's fun. I wrote a children's book. I wrote it with my kids. It's fun. Oh, I bet it is. I can't even. And if I use some of the stories that I have from working with pre-kindergartners, oh my gosh. Because <laughs> kids say the darndest things. Oh, oh yes, they do. <laughs> so, do y'all have any, like, is there anyone that y'all admire? Because, you know, we there's millions of authors in this world. So, Give me one person that I could say inspired you in your author career, and I will start with Gregory. I like Langston Hughes. Okay. Uh, it not it's because the, the the prose and the way he wrote and the way he accentuated and made you have to think. Mm -hmm. You know, not just what was on the on the paper, but the thought process that came with it. Absolutely, Natalie. Um, I can't think of her name. Last name is Rivers. She writes Christian books. Um, when I, I'll say a few, before I started writing, she was one of my, Francine Rivers, that's her name. She was one of um, the authors that I really admired. But being an indie author, I have come to admire more so indie, indie writers, indie authors, because I know what they go through to get their books out there to mainstream. Miss Muhammad? I'm more so of an Islamic reader. I have a lot of Islamic books that I read and a lot of authors like Tahir, Inebui, like people like that because their books, they put you there. And, and that's where I like to go. I like to be in I feel like I'm in there, um, I'm at that time, at that place, at that destination. And so that's what really intrigues me. It's all kinds of Islamic books. Okay. I love it. I love it. So now we're going to take the time and you're going to tell the people what inspired you the most besides, you know, just wanting to be a writer. Like, who? what is your why? And after that, Tell them how to find you and how to connect with you and where to find your books. And we will start with Miss Natalie. My why is because there's so much going on in the world, so much negative negativity that I want to, this is my way of depositing love into the world. This is my way of allowing people to take a break from all the ills of the world get caught up into a happily ever after world where you can see where other people are happy. They have their um, ups and downs, but ultimately they have happily ever after. And you can get uh, my books at my website, natsbooks.net. It's there by my name. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Gregory? My wife. Um, I would say within two days of me uh, arriving at the University of Arkansas, I had teammates telling me that I need to document and write this stuff down because 
first to be able to do something that hadn't been done before. And you, you hear it, but you don't think about it. But over the years, they were always, you know, teams, just different teammates said, hey, man, when are you going to write the book? What are you going to, you need to put it out there. You know, you have a little story. But my, my number one reason was for my children. So I could show my children that you can do something. Say you're going to do it, let's get it done. All my children have purchased the book and they've given it to my grandchildren. So we're going to have a legacy, not only of, of you know, fifth generation of college <laughs> attending students, but that are read and they have other role models they can see, you know, right in front. Their dad wrote a book. They aspire to be a writer to do that also. Um, to get my book, you can easily go to the Amazon. You can go to my author page. It's no doubting Thomas dot Hallquisper at uh, gmail.com. Uh, it's an audio book. It is in uh, print and it's in an ebook. So in an in 18 month period, we've already covered the entire gamut, which is kind of, for me, I didn't know anything about, but it's out there. So don't, for those that don't like to read, you can go ahead and download it. Uh, I used uh, the author, uh, Greg Campbell, if you're familiar with him. He's a renowned uh, author, uh, voice actor, and he, his voice is almost similar to mine, but I couldn't keep on course, so I had to get someone else to do it. Um, but it, it's a wonderful way to also extend your own livelihood, that people can see it, read it, hear about it, uh, accept it or not, it's out there. It is it's my story, and um, we can always debate it. And I haven't had anyone that wants to debate it yet. <laughs> Miss Mohammed, my why is like Miss Natalie. It was so much going on in the world at the time when I decided to write this book that I was like, you know what? You need some happiness at the end of a chapter. So. I said, you know what, it's the time we're going to do this. It's, it starts off, it's, it's a tragedy without giving too much of it away. But at the end of it, it's a beautiful story. And my son has come such a long way from where he was to where he's at right now. So like I said, without giving too much away, and I don't want to do that, you can find my book, Five Shots, My Story, His Pain, on Amazon.com, Ingram and Ingram Sparks. I love it. I love it. So I need everybody to leave a word of wisdom for the people that's before that's behind you, that's listening, that's maybe future authors, entrepreneurs, or all the above. We're gonna start with Miss Muhammad. No story is a bad story. Amen. Amen. Natalie. Follow your heart. If it's something, if you feel it in your heart, follow your heart, regardless of who will support you or who's in your corner. If you know it's what you were meant to do, do it. Absolutely. Gregory? Have fun with it. Just, just put it down on, on print and read it and read it aloud and, and go back and, and, and do it again. I, like I said, I'm going to start the second book. I can't wait. I'm just trying to learn this. <laughs> this game right now uh, and it's been a pretty good experience but putting it down in print and seeing it and have people call you about it email you about it uh short little story we were playing in the state basketball playoffs last year 
And during the warm-up, a fan came down and told me that he purchased a book and just wanted to come see me and shake my hand when he should be out there celebrating the, the young folk playing, <laughs> playing the game of basketball. We're talking about the book. It's a great feeling. Don't let anyone discourage you from doing it. Uh, enjoy every minute of it. Absolutely. It's been an honor as always to have these awesome and amazing DAG nominees on my platform. As always, y'all know, I am your host, Sheena Gadon, better known as the lady behind the mask. You can find me at Sheena Mask and Motivation. Gmail.com is my email or www.SheenaMaskingMotivation.com. You can find me on Instagram as Lady Behind the Mask 22, or you can find me on Facebook as Lady Behind the Mask, or you can find me as Sheena Gadon. Thank you, and please tune in next time. Congratulations, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations. Congratulations to you as well. Well, Life tries to fight you back. You have to be ready to fight back. You have to be ready to stand your ground and be able to. Fortunately, life is and bold. We learned that there are people that do not want to see you rise. They rather see you fall and be defeated. The strength that you carry is knowledge. Your knowledge is power. Be great in all you do and never let anyone tell you any different.